Go Light presents Murder Most Irish. But that's not fair. Come if you want. I never get invited anywhere. You are always places. Shut the fuck up. Never get invited anywhere with you. you. By who? What does that mean? Tell Yvonne. Yvonne, if you're listening to this episode, <laughs> it's banana pudding. Banana pudding, sorry. And it's from uh, the Magnolia Bakery. Magnolia Bakery, yeah, she texted me today. And if you like, don't invite me after this. She said, um, she's going to, I was like, please make it. So she can make it and I'm going to go down. Uh, who texted me? This lady just messaged me who I used to know a long time ago uh, named Orla and she said so my niece put up a video today about how she found out she had ovarian cancer right and about her symptoms and I shared it on TikTok to say to people if you could share and repost because it's really important and she's just messaging me to say ovarian cancer is very sneaky and her mum died of it her mum was so young her mum was like younger than my mum and she just got really sick and had ovarian cancer because a lot of the symptoms of ovarian cancer can just be things that happen in our bodies every month to women like you know irregular bleeding pains like stuff like that pain having sex yeah so a lot of the time people just kind of put it off to and it gets confused a lot of the times but like um, ovarian cancer isn't it's not an odd one people quite often um think they have HPV yeah and a lot of people think they have because the symptoms of ovarian cancer as well as like it can affect your bowel yes so a lot of the time doctors think it's IBS yeah and, and home or whatever. then when your smear comes back as not having HPV it, the only way you can find out if you've got ovarian cancer by the way is a blood test blood test yeah um, so yeah if you've gone and you've like got all those symptoms and then you've gone for your smear and your smear has come back as normal and you're like oh grand I'm in the clear you're not, you need to get a blood test and you need to insist with your doctor that yeah. you get a blood test. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's the cerv- only way. It's Cervical Cancer Month, isn't it? It's Cervical, it's cervical cancer, cancer Awareness, awareness Month. month. Yeah, so. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, Nikita has put up a video and it's actually really lovely and it's really well done. It's not it. alarmist. Is it on Instagram? It's on TikTok, but I share it on Instagram. Oh, perfect. I'll have to have um, a look. And yeah, and I just Orla messaged me there, and I was like, "That's so sad." And she says she listens to this podcast. Hello, Orla. You're bad, the Bally Farmer girl. Hello, Orla. Um. So yeah, welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, we started off on a downer, but also a very important thing. Hmm. It needed to be said. Because I'm currently drinking out of a Red Bull cup that has a light in the bottom of it because, because Colin lives like a homeless person he just looks like a college and student and brings this shit into my house I found them in the press the other day and I was like I just want to put them in the bin but I didn't when he came in I was like is that glowing in the dark <laughs> um, but I, I didn't put them in the bin I was, I was glad I did not put them in the bin that's true thank you very much I was angry cleaning for keeping the them so I could see them I, so I had like all this built up rage in me last week but it's because I was clearly like PMSing, PMSing. really bad and when I say like I was cleaning and poor Lily I don't think she even realises how little shit she has left why were you just dumping shit I was like and Graham was like oh, throw it in the bin <laughs> throw it in the bin and he was like oh it's her for I don't know Graham's, throw a, it in the bin. Graham's a little hoarder isn't yeah he? Lily and, and Graham same, and Lily yeah. gets it from Graham and she says things like oh and is it just like uh, things she made or stuff no. like just little, sh- little he things? keeps no 
I'm I'm sure that someday I'll go in and like look at all the stuff that he's kept and, and go be like, oh. I legitimately she brings home stuff from school it just goes in the bin I know it does I know I know but come on like it's like your house would be full of shit. I don't understand these women your these mothers that are like like she brought home a lantern the other day because it's Chinese New Year oh nice and I was like well that's going to be <laughs> Immediately. Just open the bin in front of her. Uh, like, Boom. Um, yeah, like... No, I don't... I didn't keep our shit. Like, I only every that. now and then she comes home with a fucking masterpiece and I think, you know what, that kid, <laughs> we'll keep that. But like, they can't all be masterpieces. They can't all be masterpieces. And I think that's really important that your kid knows that. Yeah, not everything you do is amazing. That not everything you do is a fucking amazing. Like, this shit that is amazing. I mean, like, and she... Then when I say to her... That's really, really good. That's amazing. She'd just be like, oh, it must be good. Yeah, because you're not going every single thing is amazing. No. Because they don't believe you then. I'd be like, what is this? Or then you create And I'd be like, what's this? Mm-hmm. What's this you've drawn? She's like, it's pig. Don't look like pig. Or you like create a little narcissist. Yeah, a it's narcissist. Like, I'm amazing and everything and everything I do is incredible and I'm the most wonderful person on earth. Mm. And you got that to deal with. Yeah, Lily isn't like that. I think I've, I was um, watching stuff the other day because I was trying to be less unkind about things but I was watching these videos about gentle parenting gentle parent parenting is passive parenting and it's not good for your kids I was just watching the videos and I was kind of like is this because I'm a millennial and how I was raised that these videos make me want to tear my fucking hair out like this girl was dealing with her kid and her kid's slapping her in the face no and she was like let's just take a minute to think I was get to your fucking room right now and then I was like no because well, no, that's, that's wrong that's because that's how we would have been yeah, treated yeah. we would have been like that's not like that's immediately if you slapped your mother in the face oh my god you would have been there would have been a Sarah Jane shaped hole in the wall there would like, be no Sarah Jane yeah, anymore like you would be eviscerated so it's kind of like right I have to be more kind about how this is but for some reason I was like I hate this <laughs> I I I'm squared away hate this I so follow much. like a couple of child psychologists and there is a number of them that are like gentle parenting is not a thing yeah. and that the way it's happening online, especially on TikTok, um, is actually passive parenting yeah. and isn't parenting. It's just, like it it's like giving a three year old all these choices. No. I'm like it's like Lily gets choices, but it's like it's brain is literally developed. like. Do you want do you want to brush your teeth now, or do you want to put your uniform on now? What's going to do Yeah, she, she's she's doing something that you need her to yeah, do. Like, but, but it's not like having here, these like conversations with three year olds. They don't know what you're saying. Yeah, but this thing as well of like, um, do you want uh, broccoli for dinner? Do you want carrots for dinner? Do you want sausages for dinner? So funny. Uh, you'll get sausages and chips. <laughs> So, like, and I think that is literally because of how we were raised. Yeah, like, like Lily came in today and she was like, can dinner. I have, I can't remember, can I have prawns in, um, what's the Japanese paste uh, batter? Tempura batter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm not making them. She was like, but I was like, I'm not making them. I was like, you can have broccoli and cheddar soup because that's yeah, what I'm making. Yeah, that's what you're making. Do you want that? Oh, I don't know. And that's the thing when we were go younger go upstairs and like, come back down because yeah. that's, that's what I'm making do you want a toasted cheese sandwich because they're your only other options yeah. but that's the thing when we were growing up it, was, it wasn't it was like what do you want for dinner it's like dinner is on the table I remember being in Leslie, Leslie's house and I remember her mum being like it's stretch or starve so like you what can ha- like you can have this oh or you don't you yeah and I remember being like what and, and Leslie was like yeah, it's stretch or starve so I have to eat because her mum was a terrible cook sorry Leslie <laughs> <laughs> my mum used to say if you don't eat it you won't digest it 
and that's when I knew we weren't getting choices. Yeah, yeah. It was like, but I do, I do think obviously there are elements of it that that parenting style where it's really important because you don't want to be horrible to your children all no, the time. No, absolutely. And I think it's like I think it's <laughs> you just know? called the wrong. Yeah, I think it's just the. Do you know what? Here's what I think it is. It's not experts doing it online, Emma. Literally, it's it's, it's just, just people who are like, people. "This is what I call gentle parenting," it's like, and it's no. like, no, and you're teaching other people, and that's actually you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, and like, and if you've got a child with like a severe, like a kid hitting you or having a massive, t- if you've gotten to that point with your kid, yeah. there's something wrong. Something else is wrong. Like yeah. Lily has, Lily has had one temper tantrum that was like a temper tantrum, and I'm remember it because it was the only one she ever had and was she in your house or outside we were in Leslie and Finn's house really? and they wanted us to sleep over and she wanted to sleep over but she wouldn't sleep upstairs and Graham was just a, like Graham perpetuated the problem because he just had had enough he was like we like she was still little but she was like old enough to be talking and walking and yeah. all of that and part of like I think it was New Year's part of the New Year's celebration and um he was just desperate to have like a night where we know, yeah, weren't yeah, yeah. at home and like out with Leslie and Finn yeah. like we know but like it was in their house it wasn't like we were out and he wasn't drinking okay and I didn't drink I didn't I don't really drink if I'm unless I'm in a pub so I wasn't drinking and she just was like I want you to sleep with me upstairs and I want you to lie with me until I go asleep and then he kind of laid with her for like uh, like Graham's super patient yeah I think like 40 minutes and yeah. she was still awake and he was like no and then he was like, if you don't go to sleep, we're going home. Because right. I'm not doing this. I'm not spending my whole night... Sitting up here. In, a, in, a, in Leslie and Finn's house. And then it just, like, when I say... And even Leslie and Finn were like... <gasps> like, it kicked Did off. Did she just start screaming? Oh, my God. She was like... Ah! Ah! And, like... Really? Screaming to the point where she was going to make herself throw up. And he was like... He had he had lost it. So he was like, you're going to throw up! You're going to throw up! Oh, and I was like... I was like... It actually... No one's listening to me. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I try to interject. They're in like, like the zone. They're in yeah. it and Graham and Lily they're very alike, yeah. are so alike and they just like like Lily winds Graham they up. They push each other's buttons Like massively. I don't I have no, you know Graham is the most laid back yeah. person. Like I've seen people come to Graham that are like locked and irritating and fucking spitting and, and he's totally chill. And he's just like mm-hmm. like he can just hold it together and this night he was like no. Like really was, like, was he oh my god and then he was like no and he turned into like my into his dad really? he turned into like what his dad would have done yeah, like yeah, in yeah. the 80s and he was like we're going and she was like fucking knuckle gripping the side of their door frame like as he was pulling her out of the house and I was like oh my god are you serious and, I, and all three was just like like we were like mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god like, you could hear her screaming <laughs> at the top of her lungs when we closed the car door in Leslie and Finn's house and how long did it take her to calm down then oh she, I just got in the car and they were, like she was like still screaming <laughs> in, in the back of the car and then and like I was like okay so we're, we're going home <laughs> and uh, we just drove and he was like he was so was he, he was so upset and he was so drained by the whole thing yeah, but it's just, like that's like and that was like honestly he did the right thing but it got to a point where like he had caused as much of the upset as she had I get you because yeah, rather yeah. than being like, like I would have just been like I would have just said to Leslie Finn we had like we unfortunately no not even we have to go we all just have to ignore the current but Graham like got into it with her 
Yeah, that's the thing about Graham. He'll get into it. Yeah, with like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so, it's yeah, so and, and also Graham does, like, options are important when you're trying to negotiate with terrorists. Of course. Um, and that's what kids are when they're in yeah. that state of mind. You have to kind um, of just give them that centre where you're yeah, like, right, and okay. there was no, Graham is, con- <laughs> like, the biggest issue with, Les- with Graham and Lily's relationship is there is never an option when Graham is talking to her. Oh. It's not like... Like, especially if he's like, we need to go somewhere or we need to do a thing or you got to get up for school now. And he's like, she wakes up, he gives her no time to wake up and he's like, get up and brush your teeth. So there's no like, where I'll come in and go, oh, did you sleep well? He just uh, like, he, He's just immediately into like, but it's because the structure thing with Graham. Like yeah, yeah. It goes A, B, C, D. Yeah, like, yeah. There's no... And so like, and then she literally like, now in the morning, she just ignores Graham. She just lies in bed and says, I'm tired. <laughs> and then he's like and then like they get more and more but like uh, and like even what she was oh yesterday morning it was her birthday actually yeah and she was so upset when she got up why she woke up at half five in the morning she got up too early and then you know that like she loved all of her presents and she got spoiled she always does but she had to, this is the first time she's had to go to school on her birthday <gasps> Ah. and by like 7.15 she was kind of sitting on the sofa beside me and I was like and I had a really bad migraine and I was like you okay and she was like um, I'm just tired and it takes like Lily is not a great communicator okay so she isn't great at being like this is what's wrong this is what's wrong with me and I don't think anybody is but it just ta- like takes it takes me a while to get it out of yeah, her yeah, yeah. and I was like okay and I was like do you want me to like but do you want to like you might be a little bit tired and you don't have to get ready for school yeah. do you want to lie on the sofa and I'll get your blanket and she was yeah, lying yeah, on the yeah. sofa and then she just started to cry and I was like is it because it's your special day and it doesn't feel like you're, like it doesn't feel like you doesn't thought it was like going to feel like yeah, yeah, yeah. last night and she was like yeah yeah oh, and I was like her. is it because you have to go to school and Graham was like there was no negotiating not going to school Graham was like you're going to school like and then it was like she was like looking for like leeway so she was like can I wear it was like so she wears the uniform skill yeah but they're quite flexible yeah she was like can I wear my because she got a Lilo and Stitch like I saw it it's adorable yeah and she was like can I wear my Lilo and Stitch outfit and he was like no because Graham is the most rule oriented person in the world and I just stayed quiet and then she was like can I wear can I wear like the bottoms or can I wear the top yeah or like I, it's and she was like crying and then he kind of went upstairs and I and I was like what do you want it like because we're going out for dinner yeah. so if you wear that more than likely by the time you leave school it's gonna be I'm gonna have to change you yeah, yeah, yeah. and she was like oh, okay and I was like what if I told the teacher that you're not gonna do your homework today because it's your birthday and we're yeah. going out for your dinner and I was like and what if I came and got you early yeah and she was like, yeah. And I was like, would that make you feel better? And he came down and he was like, you're going to school. You're going. And I was like, she is going to school. But like leaving school an hour early when she's deal. in first class. Like what's she going to miss? On a Monday. Come on. Like she's okay. She's She'll fine. be fine. And they know it's, I'm sure they know it's her birthday. So they'll yeah. probably like give her a But he like, so, but there is like, they get under each other's skin because there is no like, like Graham's like, you upset? Why are you upset? What's wrong? They're both very stubborn. Yeah, That's a, there's a stubbornness like, in both of them, and so see. and then she's like, "Don't talk to me. <laughs> How dare you talk to me like that?" <laughs> um, so in the end, we had a great birthday, and oh it was God. all fine. But it was just a bit of like fucking negotiating in the morning, where I was like, and but then I feel bad because like she ends up just coming to me, and then I feel like I'm the one that like yeah undermines him. But well, you're like, not undermining him, but she has you under her thumb, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you can see when when you you and Graham interact with her. That she, you're an easy 
Yeah, no, I'm an easy you're like, win. She's like, Mommy, let me do it. Whereas yeah. he's like, No. Yeah. So, and there's always that in a parent, like two parents. There's always one that's more kind of like, okay, than the other one. And I think that's the way it should be because if one of, if it was both of you were like that, she'd probably be fucking miserable. Because if you're yeah. both in one way, she wouldn't have boundaries, she wouldn't have structure. And then the other side of it, she wouldn't have fun. Do you know what I mean? No, absolutely so, not. And I just like, I've gotten much better as I've gotten older, but like, yeah. I hate the idea of her being in school. What do you mean? Because I hate school. Oh, okay. Like, are you so, worried about her being bullied or anything? No, or is it just I wasn't like, bullied. I just, just fucking hate hate school. school. I get it. I just fucking was born. But she loves I, it. Yeah, she loves school. Yeah. Loves it. She's smart as anything and, yeah. like, has a great time. But, like, I remember when she was starting school and I was like... Did you hate it? I was just like, the fucking structure of this, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, like, this is shit. School is shit. School is shit. Like... And, like, I always worry about my nephews, but the reason I worry about my nephews is the thought of anything getting bullied kills me. Like, yeah. that shit kills me. But then you remember, like, it's... You forget about it. Like, you grow up. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's... You have to do it, unfortunately. But I get that thing. It's like, when you're sending them off, you're like, oh, God. Yeah. I remember this. <laughs> I hated every... How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> I hated every fucking minute of it, like... Um, yeah, so... Aww. But anyway, she had a great birthday and thank everybody that, like, loads of people sent lovely messages for her. Aww. She was delighted. She was like, will you make a TikTok video for me and tell everybody it's my birthday? And will you tell people on the podcast it's my birthday? <laughs> it was Lily Pops' birthday. Will you tell that man down the road that it was my... I was like, get over yourself. <laughs> It's my sister's birthday on Friday, so happy birthday to my sister. Yvonne. Yes. Happy birthday, Yvonne. It's her birthday. Uh, I don't know what she's doing for it, but I hope she has a nice time and eats lots of food. Mm, that's nice. I'm sure she'll go out for dinner. It's a delicious restaurant in Cork. Yeah. Get delicious food. I'd love to go to like... I, do you know what I'd love? I was saying this to Fabio the other day and I've, it's been cr- I've been craving it. A fucking slice of Victoria sponge with like fresh cream and jam. And it's just, I can't stop thinking about it. Lily's birthday cake was actually really delicious. Was it? It, wasn't a, it was a Victoria sponge, but it was buttercream. Oh, nice. And jam, and it was delicious. I just um, want that. But I'm not going to get it, because I'm not making it. Yeah, that's true. No, I'm not, I couldn't be arsed making it. Um, have I got anything else? Anything else happened? No. It's been a week since we've been here. It's so been a no. while. We haven't done anything. I've done nothing. Asylum seekers. So you know the way the government were like, we've nowhere to put asylum seekers, so we have to stop taking them in. From Albino. We can't stop taking them in. Okay. Just so everybody's aware, if you are a member of the European Union and you you have agreed, so they've agreed to take in 50,000 asylum seekers. Yeah. There is, the government can't no. stop taking them in. So if you've got like a, a representative in your area or like knocking on your door that says something along the we're lines we're gonna of, stop the refugees no we're not they're we're not. part of the European Union they're lying and, to and you. they're just lying to you they're people pleasing um, anyway uh, there's asylum seekers that have came to Dublin today okay as part of that agreement yeah and because we have no accommodation they're sleeping rough Are you so there's me? asylum seekers that have left Ukraine Syria they're sleeping uh, rough they're sleeping rough they've gotten off the plane they've gotten off the plane today and they've been told that they'll be sleeping rough there's nowhere for them to stay there's no accommodation. Oh my god! What? What mm-hmm. the fuck? What are we? What? Yeah. Like and, um, there like there's no one is talking about it. No one. I haven't heard. Yes, the only, and fit. everything is obsessed with these fucking expenses and like Donald Pascal. Do, Donald Pascal. Yeah. Is that his name? Like, is it Pascal Donahue? Pascal Donahue. Yeah. Um, like. I understand that's terrible. He should resign yeah, yeah. because he's a minister for finance and he fucking didn't even know how his own campaign was financed and it was against the rules of his own party and the rules that he apparently fucking presides over. But however, 
that's not news. Yeah. Because they all do that. What's news is the fact that we've taken in refugees and they're sleeping out. Yeah. That's that needs to not like, happen. That needs something needs to be done about that. Um like. yeah, it was I I read an I read an article today about it and then I seen people putting it up online to be like, This is happening. I was just reading a thing the other day obviously where you know people have started this now this air exit thing where they're trying to get Ireland oh, out of fuck the off. and one of the first things they said was we're forced to take in this many refugees because they're part of the European Union and if they didn't come here we'd have that money no you wouldn't no you wouldn't no you wouldn't you stupid motherfuckers like I've gone past the point of being passive with no, these people I'm now passive. I'm like what the f- I can't like the albino comment is enough Christ and that's that. the other thing by the way so the other thing about that comment like they're not even from like Al- they're, they're coming they're in from Albino they're not even from uh, the Ukraine we have agreed to take in 50,000 asylum seekers from oh, they're other not countries. supposed to just no. be from Ukraine we can't just you pick fucking and choose idiot. and what makes Ukraine better than any other asylum seeker is because they, they're white yeah they is, don't, that, it, is that the thing it's, if it's, it goes even a slightly darker skin tone they're immediately like get these like, people out it's like you're fucking racist it's very frustrating you're a racist you're a it's mortifying racist it, like the, you put up that video the other day of what's that actor's name oh I know the guy Liam, Liam Cunningham Cunningham uh, put up I cried he, yeah he was there obviously trying to be like we welcome you yeah the comment section the comment section I said to you don't read the comments I immediately was like because I thought maybe people would be like yeah, yeah no me and you yeah that was it like the comment section was like uh yeah are you gonna take them into your house and darky Liam he doesn't live in darky eh nobody's asking you to take, take refugees the house. what is this what is this thing are you gonna take but nobody's asking you to take them into your house no where are you getting this from how is that your argument and like the minute anybody is like well maybe they're like oh liberal the wokes yeah 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 sheep 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 do you not understand the echo chamber that you're in I can't deal with it like I can't deal with it like it's so hard to deal with it's mortifying it's mortifying I am so embarrassed and I'm so heartbroken at the fact that it's happening yeah and then I'm like oh my god this country is full of cunts have you heard a single member of government like sitting in power because I've heard the uh, working man's party and I've heard uh, um Sinn Féin all come out and be like this is embarrassing mortifying I have not heard a single but member of Fianna Fáil the reason Gale. for that is because they want the refugees to be, bla- to be yeah. blamed they want the asylum seekers to be blamed but it's their fault that our country is so fucked and we don't have proper accommodation to help people including everybody in the country so what they're doing is they're just being like shh yeah. let them blame the asylum seekers and we get away with it right. because in all those comments I don't see all these far right people talking about the shitty government but they'll talk about the shitty government in other posts when they're not getting what they want but when it comes to asylum Asylum seekers, they're just blaming the asylum I'm seekers. seekers. And that's exactly what Shinfa are Finna Fall and for the Gale Watch. Because like this is It's fucked, man. Like and, and it's uh, like I don't know if it's because I'm paying attention, but it's not going away. No, it's getting worse. Like I told you, Colin was in Fairview the other day practicing for his band and he walked past the protest and Colin said there was five year olds holding signs that said go back to your own country. Five year olds. So upsetting. Some scumbag from Verview handed that sign to their kid and was like, This is okay. This is perfectly okay that I'm making my child stand outside a centre where people that are 
asylum seekers and terrified and in a country where they don't speak the language and they don't know anybody and they're in a school with no fucking heat sleeping in sleeping bags on the concrete floor oh, yeah. and there's a five year old standing outside with a sign saying going back to your own country yeah. and it's like look after your own but you don't look after your own mm-hmm. you don't look after anybody in your community what are you doing what are you doing to help the homeless because you're not doing anything but as soon as you can use this as a soapbox it's all oh the Ireland is for the Irish saw tons of those comments as well yeah the Ireland's for the Irish I was like whoa we're gone full blown right wing here full blown Nazi bullshit like it's so bad and I just feel so sorry for those people and I'm not a bleeding heart liberal I'm just being a human being because if you actually get any sort of sense of empathy you will go let me put myself in that and what would I do not even let me put myself in that (coughs) as a nation we were that we were that like we were that the amount of times I've been blocked on TikTok when people are like blah 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 and I'm like yeah but Irish people have to do this yeah, it's just hypocrisy we and then you know, I ha- I've had so many arguments <coughs> where they're like no like people who are like know your history I, I actually do. do know my history I do know my history I know my history and I, I what it is is it's not a post on Facebook Facebook made by your cousin yeah. Raid up the road who's a fucking racist yeah like I was like what are you I talking just about I can't do it's like, a woman on Facebook who's like um she has like all these awful she posts these videos every week these awful things about refugees and asylum seekers and everything else and there's just one video she put up someone was talking about it it was like Christmas Eve and she was sitting at her table at Christmas Eve just being like get them out of the fucking country it's Christmas Christmas Eve Eve. you're sitting there with a crucifix behind your head you're a Catholic you are a Catholic and one of the main attributes of Catholicism is treat your neighbour how you would treat yourself not if it's uh, not to be an arsehole but not if it's the American version of Christianity. But like it's Catholicism. That's the thing. I know, but they're like not Christians, it, it's they're Catholic. I know, but it's like what people, what they understand now, and what history they're being spoon fed, yeah. is all coming from. He's gonna kill you. Sorry, for touching Colin, the table. I'm sorry, it's all coming from like, unfortunately, the media that we're surrounded by, and the media that we're surrounded by, stems from like, unfortunately, the greatest nation on earth. With but the like, most amount of power. People in Ireland are watching Fox News. Yes! I'm like, why are you watching Fox News? Like, Fox fucking News. Like, what are you what watching? Are you, it's just... Like, I can't... I can't deal with it anymore. Like, and, and then I'm like, okay, just don't read it. And then immediately I'm like... My thing what about are they doing? The, the thing about not reading it is like... Okay, I won't read it. But then it's like... But it, should I not... If I don't read it, am I not just equally as yeah. bad by pretending it's not happening yeah. and not doing something yeah. about it like it's just so conflicting like I just think and it's mortifying to be it is an Irish so person who's watching like our whole country is built on immigration in, in the entire immigration. our entire country is built on it and these people that are like yeah but we went over there and we worked but this one of that so what we, we went over there and we didn't take any handouts what do you think happened when we got to New York and there were they so were literally like and they were literally like here's some here's, here's some a handout to like, feed you yeah, because you're on Ellis Island like, and your, everybody in your country is you, starving can I just them. ask what is different between how we landed in Ellis Island yeah. And how these asylum seekers are landing here because it isn't much better no. because they're being given nowhere Nothing. to live. And it was so funny because someone, someone put a comment under the thing and they were like, nobody mentioned America because you need a visa to get into America. And I said, did you need a visa in 1845, Margaret? Fucking you moron. fucking moron. Like, and that's what's frustrating is they're so confident in their stupidity. That's what's frustrating. Yes, they're yes, so confident being yes, wrong. Yeah. 
And I'm just like, I still look on my phone. And I'm like, what is, what do you say to this? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. this can't be educated. My new thing is now I just call them dumb. Dumb. Our chips are here. Oh, okay. Shall I go get them? Yeah, God, we've just been waffling. Waffling, but it was Colin a nice waffle. Colin has loads to cut out. Hey, Colin, tell us about the Patreon. Sure thing, Lily Pops. Hey there, MMI fans. It's me, Colin, and do I have news for you. It's all going down over at www.patreon.com forward slash Irish, where we've totally revamped our Patreon offering for you mega fans. That's right. Now all of your favorite Patreon stuff can be found in one place as we bring you our MMI Super Show exclusively for Patreon, featuring all the usual banter and chat between Emma and Sarah Jane, plus me thrown into the bargain, along with Lily's Tales, Maximum bell bag and some surprises along the way but that's not all every single week due to popular demand we will be bringing you a full length story whether it be miscellaneous most Irish for those cases that just don't fit on the main show murder most international for those cases you guys have been crying out for or even music most awesome where we talk about our favourite albums but wait there's even more how about MMI Drive the fan favourite podcast show where MN Sarah Jane drive around Dublin talking about all sorts of shite plus our monthly Ask Me Air segment where you get to pick the brains of the girls and maybe even ask me a question or two so what are you waiting for come on over to www.patreon.com forward slash murder most Irish and join in the fun for only six euros a month give my mommy six euro um so uh, this week I am doing the case of cassava orsus so the most of my references are from the Irish Times, the Irish Independent. Uh, I got something from the Mirror. I apologise. Um, and then Mens Rea as well. I got some information from the lovely Sinead. She did a great job on that. Uh, so there is mentions of drowning in this episode. And I know that can be very um, hard for Do some people to listen to. you All the time. Um, so at 5.40am on Tuesday, March 26, 2013, security guard Gavin Nolan began his day working at a factory in Arklow Harbour. As dawn was breaking and Gavin did his daily checks on the building, he heard a car coming from the town and it was driving at an incredibly high speed. So Gavin expected to see a car on the harbour when he like rounded the corner, but to his surprise there was nothing there. So he heard it coming down. Uh, three to four minutes passed, Gavin said. I heard a noise. It started faintly and gradually grew into a screaming noise from a female. Gavin then saw a woman running along the harbour. She was soaking wet and screaming something in what Gavin believed to be Polish. He called out to her, but she did not respond. So Gavin was deeply concerned for the woman and he called the guardie straight away. Something's wrong here. So when the guardie arrived to the harbour about 10 minutes later, Gavin told them about the distressed woman and Garda Fiona Furlong, along with her colleague, began to search for her. They eventually caught up with the woman. She was still soaking wet and she was froth- frothing from the mouth. Oh. As the guardie tried to speak to the woman and calm her down, she began to repeat over and over, he's in the water, you have to help. Guardie immediately called the sub-aqua team. <clears throat> frothing at the mouth's an unusual... It's... When the hypothermia is no, it? it's when the when the water in your lungs there's water in your lungs and you can't breathe properly and you start to froth. It's like a lot of people that drown. That's how they're found. It's ah, like a white I did froth. not know that. Yeah, it's a white froth around their mouth. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's horrible. So they immediately called the subaco team as the distraught woman explained in broken English that a man, a friend of hers, was in the car and that there was an accident and she drove the car into the harbor. So she drove the car into the water. Yeah. 
The woman was frantic and the guardy could see her concern over her friend. When the sub-aqua team arrived, they began searching the harbour for the woman's gold Volkswagen Passat. Actually, Google what that looked like because I don't know cars. Oh, they're ugly. Yeah, they're not nice. They look no. really like 80s or something. Yeah, those Volkswagen Passats. And the other thing, this is completely unrelated, they're not earthed. What does that mean? I get really car sick in them. Oh, really? Yeah, so there's certain cars if they're not earthed. And what does that mean? Like, is it not... That, like, they're earthed to the... It means that, like, there's a connectivity to it that it earths itself to the ground. And so does that mean when if it doesn't have it, is it, is it more bouncy or more... No, 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 of... it's to do with, like... I don't, I don't know how true it is, but, yeah, it's, like... You can feel it, can you? Yeah, you're... I can feel it. Like, they make so me strange. really sick. That's crazy. Volkswagen Passats make me feel really unwell. You have the... Your body. It's not my body. It's just to do with like you the die. fucking ergonomics Give of the your car. Body to science. Yeah, no, I will. But Please they're just do. gonna do what they did to that poor woman <laughs> where they blow her up. That story <laughs> is the most horrific thing I've ever heard. I know, life. but I still think it's funny. I know, I was listening to... Um, she gave to science, they can do whatever the fuck they yeah, want. but they did tell the person that they were going to give it for um, Alzheimer's go. testing. Yeah, that's why he gave her body to science because she died of Alzheimer's and they were like, can we take her body and we'll do testing to try and help people and he was like, of course and then he found out that the military blew up her body. <laughs> so there is a part of it where you're like, um, that's not okay. Anyway, Volkswagen Passat. Volkswagen Passat. Passat. So... Oh, Volkswagen. <coughs> Volkswagen. Uh, the car was found but there was difficulty in reaching it due to the strength of the water that day so apparently it was really choppy. Yeah. There were extensive, there was extensive damage done to an ESB box pole and the rail leading to the water. So two rails and they were both like in bits and there was a pole like half down on a box like off. Can I ask a technical question? Was there any skid marks? We'll get into that. Oh. That's, by the way, lads, if you're going to kill somebody in the car, you have to jam on to pretend oh, that you tried to break. stop. So as the team continued their work, paramedics arrived to begin looking after the lady that they'd found like running around screaming and found out that her name was Marta Herda. So that was her name, Marta good name. Herda. Paul Quinn, one of the paramedics who arrived to help Marta that day, said he tried to talk to her in the back of the ambulance to keep her lucid and maybe discover what had actually happened to her. Paul said Marta kept repeating the name Cassaba over and over. When he asked her who Cassaba was, she told him that he was her friend, the man in the passenger seat of the car. Paul said Marta was really upset that she was crying and very, very concerned for her friend. Marta told him she had been driving the car and that, um, oh, she said, right, sorry, I'll go back to that. Marta said that she told him she'd been driving the car and that Marta kept saying that Cassaba, quote, shouldn't have been there. So she was like, because kept saying his name and then she kept saying he shouldn't have been there. He shouldn't have been there. Paul became concerned that maybe Marta had been assaulted mm. by Cassaba. And when he asked her if this had happened, she just repeated and over and over. He shouldn't have been there. I drove the car into the water. So obviously she was in complete shock as well. The Guardi and Subaqua team continued their rescue operation as crowds gathered at the harbour. Word had now spread that it was Marta and Cassaba who had been in the car. They were well known in Arklo, having both worked in a local hotel. Kasaba's brother Zoltan Sandro stood with friends awaiting Kasaba's fate and when the car was finally lifted from the water with the crane, Zoltan broke down and cried as his friends tried their best to comfort him. The guardie quick, quickly realised that the car was actually empty. So divers began searching the choppy water. Was the window open? One window was open. 
The Gardaí learned that the man Marta had claimed was in the car was Kassaba Orsas, a 31-year-old Hungarian man who lived in Brookview Court in Arklo. The Gardaí travelled to Kassaba's house to speak to his housemate, I'm so sorry if I butcher this name, Dissintra Duarte. I apologise if that's incorrect. Dissintra Duarte? Dissintra. Dissintra Duarte. Is that a woman? It's a lady. She told them that she had arrived home at around 1am the previous morning, night. She had arrived home, closed the door, gotten into bed and she had not seen Cassava Because it was 1 o'clock in the morning. She okay. See anybody. She told the guardie that when she awoke the following morning, she noticed that the front door of their house had been left wide open. She called out to Cassava, but he did not answer. And when she went to his bedroom, he wasn't there. Uh, okay. So as Gardi continued to cordon off the harbour and divers worked arduously to find Cassaba, a call was made that a body was found a mere two miles from the harbour at Clogga Beach. Forensic teams arrived and the man's body was taken for post-mortem. The Gardi, believing this to be Cassaba Orsus, contacted Zoltan, his brother, to identify the body and Zoltan confirmed it was his little brother. Aww. So as Marta was examined in Lachlanstown Hospital, the urgency for the Gardaí to speak to her to find out exactly what had happened increased. As Marta was treated for shock and minor injuries, the doctors and nurses tried to speak to her about what exactly had happened in the car and she was somewhat forthcoming. Dr. Donald Bailey, who examined Marta, asked her if she knew what was going to happen when she drove the car into the water. She said, quote, he said, quote, she nodded and became tearful. Her only answer to me was that she knew he couldn't swim. Oh. However, Dr. Bailey did not think that Marta had any homicidal intent. Rather that the accident happened and she was terrified because she knew her friend could not swim. Okay. Claire Best, who was a nurse in Lachlanstown at the time, said she asked Marta if she had been hurt or assaulted in the car. So that was their immediate response to it. Like, she's been hurt. She was accidentally drove. Uh, Claire said she didn't she said she didn't give him a chance that he didn't think she would do it and she knew he couldn't swim that kind of does lead to think that like he'd there's a lot of this in this story the postmortem revealed that Kasaba had died from drowning and not from any damage done when he was in the car Kasaba's devastated brother Zoltan had to break the horrific news to his family and arrange for his brother's remains to be flown back to Hungary for his funeral so it's incredibly expensive to expatriate bodies. To repatriate. Like. So he had to like sell, he sold two of his cars and then his friends had to raise money for him. And it was really sad because he was saying he had to ring his brother, his other brother in Hungary and be like, we can't tell our mother it's going to kill her. Like, because she had really bad heart problems. Mm-hmm. So they had to try and kind of keep it from her. But eventually they had to tell her and she just had a full blown breakdown. Like. Did she die? No, she didn't die. But how the fuck would you fucking, like, it's horrible. It's, it's that idea of like burying your child. your child like Zoltan said that he will quote never get the image of the dead body out of my head I keep thinking it's a nightmare and I'm going to wake up I think that thing of like having to I get that like you have to identify the well, of course the idea that you're forcing a family member to go look at your dead relative and they've died in such extreme circumstances ways. like it's different as opposed to be like someone that you're with dies and they're sick you know and you're with them and it's like a calming peaceful thing but to be like you have to go look at this body that and like drowning, drowning. when you drown I'm sure you look like oh, you it's drowned horrific. like it's awful it's a horrible way to die um, so hundreds of people attended Kasaba's funeral in Hungary on the 6th of April to mourn the Kasaba's devastated family. 
as the Guardi tried to piece together what had happened and why they spoke to friends of Cassaba who told them they believed he may have been slightly depressed months before his death. Cassaba had been posting messages online that worried his friends about being heartbroken and just wanting to be alone. One friend also told Gardi that Cassaba had fallen in love with the woman and she had rejected him and from that his behaviour had changed. So Marta, back to the lovely Marta, upon being released from hospital the day after the incident, began to assist Gardi in their inquiries. And that's how they phrased it. They said she's assisting us. So they didn't in any way say she's in trouble. We're investigating her. She's just assisting us in our, our inquiries. Garda Anthony Crehan took a statement from Marta of the hospital and then another on the day of her release at Arklo Garda station. Marta told Garda Crehan that she had not known Cassaba until two years ago when they both started working at the Brook Lodge Hotel in Arklo. Marta told Anthony that Cassaba had been in love with her but she did not feel the same way. She said his attention towards her was 24 hours a day, that he would constantly text, ring and write things on Facebook about her. I think he fell in love with me, Marta said in the statement. I was never his girlfriend, but it was 24 hours a day. He came to my place and to my friend's places. Marta also told Gardi that although she had only known Cassaba when they began working together, he had known her previously from seeing her at a dinner with her friends in the hotel. Oh, you re- is she, you remember Yeah, her? she just went for dinner and he remembered her. Quote, he told me he knew me from Brook Lodge, the Brook Lodge restaurant, when I went there for a meal with friends. He even remembered what clothes I was wearing. Do you want to know something uh, creepy? What? Graham remembers me. I remember you telling me that, yeah. Dirty pervert. Dirty pervert! So according to, according to Marta, Cassaba would make up lies that the two of them were in a sexual relationship. Oh. He would tell them we have sex. I do that, but grip. But that not true. It got worse. Just to let you know, I'm reading verbatim the way Marta speaks. She's not fluent, very fluent in English, so her uh, gr- sentences are a little bit... J- j- say j- that I'm having sex with Graham. Yeah. But we are not. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you know you're not, when yeah. you're talking about it. Yeah. yeah. That's what a lot of people do when they're not getting what they want, they start like, talking about it. I talk about it all the time. It's great. <laughs> um, so also, Marta's job knew that this was going on. So she, had she made complaints to her she job? She had told her job because, and they, she said they also knew because he would do this thing, allegedly, where he would leave work early. To Like if she left work early, he'd just leave his shift and follow her. What's happening in this hotel? So they knew what was going on and she said that people, he would like sit beside her and put his hand on her leg and she'd be like, sorry. No. And people would laugh about it. They thought it was That's funny. That's not okay. They were like, haha, Kasaba's obsessed with you. And she's like, this isn't funny. I'm like really upset. This is really upsetting me. Yeah. So yeah. So That's- she said... That's what we call harassment, harassment in yeah. the workplace. Mm-hmm. Marta also gave the guardie a Valentine's card Kasaba had sent to her. So I'm going to read the Valentine's card. It read, in block capitals, love letter. Jesus. Dear Marta, I would just like to tell you in letters how much I love you. Seriously, I feel that I find find you finally the girl I was looking for in all of my life. I wish to share my life with only you. I'm ready to do anything for you. I can change all my bad habits for the way that you wish millions of kisses. So we sent her this card. They weren't dating. No, I'm not saying anybody deserves to die. <laughs> yeah, he sent her that But Kasaba needs to calm the fuck he needs down. To chill his fucking beans. Like. Also, every letter I send you from now on is... Love like, letter! Love letter! <laughs> Look, so sorry. Love letter! <laughs> the guardie continued their... And in- did no one do anything? And she didn't tell anybody other. I'll explain it. 
partner. The Guardi continued their inquiries and it was not until August of 2013, so months later, that Marta was arrested in connection with Cassaba Orsa's death. She was questioned, but eventually released the same day. However, a file was being prepared for the DPP with phone records, CCTV footage from the area and reports from experts that investigated how the car ended up in the harbour. She drove it in. So they were given her, but they were trying to figure out had it been an accident or was it on purpose. So that's why they sent in experts. It would. I don't. Oh, I'll, I'll leave it till the end. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be until October of 2014. My birthday. That the Guardi arrested and charged Marta Herda with the murder of Cassaba Orsis. Herda was granted bail at the end of October, but she had to surrender her passport and sign in daily at the Garda station. Where's Herda from? Poland. And he was from? Hungary. Okay, I was wondering why he wrote the letter in English. Yeah, so they were both speaking in English to each other, yeah. On the 5th of July 2016, the trial began. Justice Patrick McCarthy was residing with a jury of 12 people. Martha pleaded not guilty to the murder of Cassaba Orsis. The state wanted to show that Marta had lied about her and Kassab- how her and Cassaba had met the morning of his death and that she had lured him to his death. Marta told Gardi that Cassaba had turned up at her house early that morning to confront her about her rejection towards him and that they had went for a drive. However, phone records would show it was Marta who had contacted him numerous times and Cassaba had left in a hurry, leaving the front door open. Yeah. So that's why when the housemate was like, the front door was open. Why was yeah. front door open? Witnesses, including the security guard at the harbour, stated that Marta was driving at an incredibly fast speed and showed no signs of trying to slow down. How does he know that? He didn't see it. The guard at the thing. Yeah. But he heard the I know, car like, like and then it's I, got, he was I like, think fuck? sometimes people just But he said that when they initially turned up, it wasn't like he started telling the trial this that, that was the security guard that had been there that was like, like the car was like going fucking 90 like and that's why when he rounded the corner to see who it was and he was like where the fuck's the car okay um da, 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 da. now her solicitor's name tell me blaze nope wish it was blaze i can pronounce that <laughs> the state believed that marta had deliberately driven her car off the harbor knowing that cassaba could not swim and would drown geolisha o lideda now, whoever named this person. That's an Irish name. An Irish name. So he's going to be called Marta's lawyer from now on because I can't pronounce that. Uh, Marta's solicitor, sorry, would argue that Cassaba's death had been an accident and that it would make absolutely no sense for Marta to drive into the harbour that essentially it would have been a suicide mission. I find this a truly amazing proposition because that's the defence's case. That she, How could she have done this because it would be committing suicide, he said. But she was also showing symptoms of drowning. Yeah. On the second day of the trial, Paul Hickey gave evidence. He told the court that he had left for work on the morning of the 26th of March at 5.20am. As he walked to work, he passed a gold Volkswagen Passat parked on the Rexford Road. The car was parked only halfway in the parking space and the engine was running. He described the person in the car as, quote, very animated. And this is why he paid attention. Because he was like, I pass millions of cars, like hundreds of cars every day on the way to work. But he said she caught my eye because the car was like parked at an angle. Engine was running and she was like giving it loads in the car. He said he could see a woman in the car gesticulating and having a very loud argument with someone on her phone. Did he use the word gesticulating? He did. What a great man. It actually sounded like a heated argument, he said. I heard a very loud voice. 
So upon learning about the incident at the river later in the day and the description of the car that was found, he called the Gardaí. Which, fair play. He was like, I saw this. Um, Gardaí Michael Hall, Garda Michael Hall was the next to speak to the court. It was discovered that Marta had two mobile phones. Oh. One that she used for most of her contact with Kasaba and one she used for her other contacts. Oh, what? Now, I will say this. I have known someone that was in an abusive relationship and their partner bought them a phone specifically to contact them. Sorry? I don't know what it is, but it's like a form of kind of like power. So they're like, that's phone. You can only use that phone to contact me. So I do know somebody that that has happened to. So when I saw this, I was like, oh yeah, no, this has happened. I've seen this before. Not saying he abused her. I'm not saying she abused him. I'm just saying I've seen this like... So Marta called Kasaba three times on the day of the incident. Did he only have one phone? He only had one phone. She had two. Oh. So she called him three times on the day of the incident. Bear in mind this incident happened at five o'clock in the morning. 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 So she was calling him at like 5am. The last call being made at 5.35am. You would leave your house in a hurry because you think something's wrong. Yeah, you'd be like, well, someone's dead. Like Garda Hall said that in the 48 hours before Kasaba's death, Martha had called him 12 times and Kasaba had called her 13 times and sent nine text messages. So I kind of feel like they were in a relationship. Why would you be calling someone 12 and 13 times? Yeah. It's, it's, why, why would you do that? Guard I'm it. the only person <clears throat> interacted with that one. Yeah, like, why would you be calling someone 12? I'd say Graham, get the bread. <laughs> Gardahol said he could speculate as to the nature of the calls. He couldn't, sorry, speculate to the nature of the calls. Only what was found in the phone records. He was like, I don't know what they were talking about. I can't see that. I can't hear what that. What text messages? Didn't say. A lot of the times they don't put text messages... Um, in court there's what? some reason for it there's something that apparently it's inadmissible or something a lot of the time they don't use text messages don't know why because like we don't know the context we don't know if this was like a joke do you want me to kill that do guy do you want me to kill that guy <laughs> you know so. can you swim <laughs> Christina Byrne was next to give evidence Christina said on the morning of the incident she heard a woman screaming so Christina lived in Arklow. When she left the house and walked down the road, she said she heard a woman screaming, please help me, I've been raped. Christina saw the woman and she was really wet and very distressed. So it was Marta. Maria Tra- Travis, another neighbour who saw Marta that morning, said she also believed that the woman had been shouting that she had been raped. But upon cross-examination by that man with the name, said she may not have heard the word rape. And as English wasn't Marta's first language... She possibly could have heard Marta saying something in Polish and it sounded like rape. Okay. So she kind of backed down on that. However, when the defence questioned Christina again and asked if maybe she too had misheard the word rape, um, as Marta said, she was not raped. She was like, I wasn't raped. Christina said no, that she knows what she heard. When the defence questioned as to whether Christina was being dishonest, she once again said and reiterated that she heard Marta saying she was raped. She was like, and then the defense was like, there's an echo in that area. Maybe, and she was like, no, I know what I heard. I know what I heard. Okay. So, Good job, Christina. If someone said to me in a court of law, are you being dishonest? I think I might fucking slap them. Do a condit. You'd cry. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not. Please believe me. I'm a people pleaser, please. Um, You'd cry and I would. And then I'd yeah. slap everybody. you like, what you do to my friend? So on the sixth day of the trial, Marta's statements were read to the court. Now here's where this is going to start. You're going to start rolling your eyes to the back of your head. All right, here, tell me. I'm going to hunker down. I'm cold. Oh no. It's okay. It's not your fault. Over you. It's actually just uh, you the winter. You can turn on the fucking No, it's funny. Uh, Marta told the guardian I had to go to work today 
Oh, did you? It's been a while. In the first time in how long? It's I been a while. Every day. Uh, so Marcia told the guardie that Cassaba had been stalking her. Okay. That he believed that they were in love. She did not feel the same way. But even she was though ringing she was ringing him 12 times a day. I think he fell in love with me, Marsh told the guardie. I was never his girlfriend, but it was 24 hours a day. He came to my place. He came to my friend's place. So she was like, he is absolutely mad about me. Okay. But I do. I am not mad about him, but for some reason I'm calling him 12 times at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I was the first person to instigate the phone calls. Not him. He was asleep in bed. Mm. Marta said she told management in the hotel about Cassaba's advances, as I told her. Told you. She said that he liked when she got angry. Quote, I once got angry with him, but he liked me angry. He liked my eyes. Sorry. I think Marta, we need to calm down as well. Marta said that she asked a friend of hers to speak to Cassaba's brother Zoltan to ask Cassaba to stay away from her. But uh, the alleged stalking continued. Marta told the guardie that she had not answered any calls from Cassaba in the previous three months to the incident as she was afraid of him. But the record showed sure. otherwise. She led the, alleged that Mr. Orsus would follow her and her friends and that she often saw his car outside at night. She would ask taxi drivers to drive right up to her gate and she would run into her house. But then she would hear Cassaba behind her banging on the gates. What? This led to her moving in with two friends to feel safer. So she was leaving. Did anybody alone. verify this? No. She was living by herself, but then she moved in with two that friends. That would terrify me. Terrifying. Marta had asked him several times to leave her alone, but he told her that he could see in her eyes that they were going to get married and have children. Miss Herda also believed Cassaba was tracking her car as he would turn up wherever she was driving. So she said, but Arklo's a tiny city. Tiny. She said one day she was randomly in Tesco and she walked out of the doors of Tesco to go to her car and he was like parked. Which is terrifying. And it's, it's so, it happens so much. Like, But some of the story doesn't add up. A lot of it doesn't add up. On the day before the incident, Marta took her friend's children to the park and Cassaba had been sitting in the car watching her there. So it's the day before the incident. That night, Marta went to her friend Victor's house to have some wine. Okay. When they were finished, Victor drove Marta home in her car and then he walked back to his own house. That's very nice one. Yeah. Marta alleged that Cassaba had been waiting at her house and confronted her. Cassaba came to me. He wanted to talk. He was screaming at me. She said that Cassaba wanted them to go to the beach together. It's fucking freezing. Marta said that Cassaba had said, under his breath, that motherfucker Victor. So she was insinuating that he was like jealous that oh. she was with that guy during their altercation. So after this, Cassaba got into the car and she began driving. But this isn't what happened. She alleged that as they drove down the main street, Cassaba put his hand on her leg and she was terrified. Marta said she felt like she had had enough and that she was tired of being scared of Cassaba. She said she remembered hitting the accelerator. She said, I feel I have enough of this. I drive to water. I cannot take this anymore. Marta recalled being under the water and climbing out of the car. She said she saw a ladder, climbed out and began screaming Cassaba's name, but she could not see him. When questioned as to why she had not filed a report against Cassaba, Marta said, quote, I didn't want to tell the guards. You must remember that in Poland, people don't like police. When the guardie had asked Marta if she drove the car into the water on purpose, she said, I didn't want to do that, but I don't want all that th- all this happened. Once again, her English is quite broken. I don't want all this happened. happened. Yeah. No, I would never want to hurt anyone or even to destroy my car. It was horrible and scary in this car. I just did not want to see him anymore. 
The prosecution then called him Marta's ex-boyfriend, Eamon Ibrahim. Now, this part pissed me the fuck off because this is a very stereotypical case of trying to make a woman out to be a whore. Oh. He told the court that Marta had been suspicious of his ex-girlfriends and was, quote, a little bit jealous. He stated that Marta had cheated on them in their relationship and also mentioned that her swimming ability was very good. So, what has that got to do with anything? No. Why are you trying to make this woman out to be some sort of whore? It really bothered me. Like, that pissed me the fuck off when I read it. It's irrelevant. And the fact that that was even allowed to pass, I would have been like, this is irrelevant. Mm. So on day seven of the trial, Kasaba's brother Zoltan Sander took the stand. He testified that on the 24th of July, 2012, there was a birthday party held for his brother. After his death, a video was found of the celebrations that night in which Kasaba blew out his candles and to his left sat Marta Herda. Kasaba could be heard on the video telling Marta that she was his present. Oh. Martin Penn, a former colleague of both of them, told the court that on one occasion when he had attended a wedding in which Marta and Kasaba were present, Marta had pointed to the wedding toppers on the cake and said, this will be us one day. Upon cross-examination, he stated this could have been a joke and Marta could have said this to many people that night. So they were trying to make out out like she was... She was playing into the fact that he liked her. A friend of Marta and Kasaba, Katrina Sobek, had known Marta for four years and said that Marta and him, Mark Saba, were just friends, but he had fallen in love with her. She said she remembered Marta complaining about Kasaba's behaviour to her many times. Sorry. Katrina also said she knew that Marta was a strong swimmer and she was surprised and confused as to why Kasaba had been in Marta's car that morning. She was like, they don't like, she didn't like him. Why was he in her car? Yeah, it does seem to be that, like, thing of, like, why like why was she calling him and yeah. why did she get him into his car, into her car? And, like, why didn't he close the door behind him? It's very strange. Marta's friend Victor give, gave testimony that him and Marta had, been in a, had never been in a relationship but had kissed on various occasions. So this is the gentleman she was with the night before okay. it happened. He also said on the morning of the incident, Marta asked him to go home. She wanted to go home at 5 a.m. and he drove her. So it was 5 a.m. when she left Victor's. Okay. Upon cross-examination, Victor said that Marta had told him that Kasaba was stalking her and he and she refused his help to sort it out. So she was telling people. She just wasn't telling the guards. Okay. Detective Fergus O'Brien told the court that when he arrested Marta, he and a colleague had spoken to her. They told her that a statement from a man working in the Harper described the car's speed as, quote, pedal to the floor stuff. Marta had agreed and said, yes, I was stressed and nervous. I didn't want to drive there. It was an accident. She said the two were arguing in the car where the incident happened. Quote, I couldn't understand what he was saying. And then boom. Marta denied driving recklessly. She said, I could have killed myself. I didn't want to die. I have a family. She also reiterated that Kasaba's behaviour and attention was too much for her that morning, that she was angry when she was driving and the whole thing had been an accident. The guardee then showed Marta CCTV footage of her driving her car at 5.28am. When the guardie asked her how many people were in the car, she replied one. When they questioned her as to why Kasaba wasn't in the car, when she stated previously that he had gotten into the car at her house, she simply stated, I don't know. So she told them she arrived home at 5am and Kasaba was there. And then when they got the CCTV footage of her driving, they're like, he's not in the car. Yeah, you were driving to get him. You were driving to get him. When phone records were produced and it put, 
was put to Marta that she called Kasaba at 5.28am. And they said, why did you phone him? She said she wanted to make him feel better. She stated that she knew that Kasaba could not swim. So she stated this loads of times. Okay. She kept saying, I know he can't swim. He's a terrible swimmer. He's terrified of water. Like he'd fear of water. When the guardie asked her if Mr. Orsus was dead because of her criminality, her crimi- criminally dangerous act, Marta replied, he is dead because of his love for me. Oh, gosh. Forensic collision investigator. What a job. Garda Cliff Harding testified that the handbrake was applied and he the massive skin that. back was evidence of this. So somebody pulled the handbrake up. It was believed that Kasaba may have pulled the handbrake to stop the car going into the water. Yeah, no, like that's what I'd do if because, you were like, yeah, just pull the if handbrake. you were driving erratic and I was yeah. trying, I'd, I'd pull the handbrake up. Because they said that when they checked it, the brake wasn't pushed. Like there was no brake Yeah, no, you can tell if it's the brake yeah. or the handbrake. He also stated that even though it was a cold day, the driver's side window that Marta climbed out of was open and it was the only window that was open. So it was like March fucking freezing especially in yeah at that time in the morning yeah. Marta told the guardie she felt guilt about what happened to Kasaba she said if I would see him in the water I was hoping I would try to save him but my friend said don't even think of this it is good that it didn't happen because you would die together she explained that her friend believed Kasaba would have pulled her under the water if she tried to help him when the guardie asked her what kind of person Kasaba was she said I don't know if he was a good person or a bad person. For me, he was like a good-hearted person, but he had a few personalities. Marta said he was suffering from how deeply he had fallen in love with her. She agreed, though, that he was a nuisance and a pest, and she said that they had never had a sexual relationship. Marta's really buried up her own hole, isn't she? Marta likes stuff a little bit much. The next day, videos were played of Marta describing the crash. She told Gardy again that Kasaba had been screaming at her and she had gotten scared and stressed. She said the gar- car hit the barrier, hit the first barrier, hit the second barrier, and the next thing she knew, they were in the water. Quote, since that, I don't remember nothing. I'm feeling that I'm not even in the car. I'm in the water. I was trying to like this all the time to get out of the water, and I couldn't, so she was like trying to just... I tried harder and harder, and then I feel something on my feet. Marta said she remembered trying to scream for Kasaba, but there was no air. Quote, the waves were taking me down and up, down and up. I had to fight for my life. I knew there was nobody there. I knew there was no point screaming and to save my strength for their swimming. I don't believe I have to say goodbye. I didn't have time to say goodbye. To him, she means. Yeah. She said she was tired and the water was getting in her eyes. So she closed them. Quote, I knew I couldn't swim anymore. My eyes were clo- closed on the water to take me down. I couldn't feel anything. Then I can't remember anything. And the next thing I remember, I was walking and it was dark. So she said she just kind of like blacked out, kind of out of the body. Mm. But Marta's team cross-examined Detective Sergeant O'Brien as to what he believed Marta meant when she said she wanted everything to stop and this is why she drove into the water. O'Brien stated that he believed Marta wanted the text messages and phone calls and attention from Kasaba to stop. The defence argued that maybe Marta meant she just wanted the argument in the car to stop and that was it. Detective O'Brien said he believed that that was his interpretation and it was up up to others to believe their own. It was noted in court that whilst Marta was out on bail, wait till you hear this. A postcard arrived to Arklow Garda station with a Polish coin attached to it. It read, keep up the good work. Wish you were here. Hope you catch the killer. So the Garda did DNA testing on it and it was confirmed that the card had been sent from Marta 
who was holidaying in her native Poland on release. What? How did she get to Poland when she gave up her passport? What? Yeah. Fucking bizarre. So they felt like it was a taunt. Because they were like, you're not allowed to leave the country. You have to give up your passport. She's in Poland. I'm writing a postcard like this. It's so fucking weird, Sarah. Yeah. And her DNA was her on DNA it. Her DNA was on it. Yeah. Her DNA and was she, on it. And did they ask her about it? They, yeah. During the court case, yeah. And what she said? <laughs> she didn't know why she did it. She keeps doing this thing. She's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. On Wednesday 20th of July, the prosecution gave their closing statement. In it, Brendan Greenan told the court that the case against Marta was circumstantial, but all the evidence did point clearly to Marta using her car as an instrument of murder. He noted that Kasaba's door had been found open, his, his house door, which suggested, quote, someone must not have intended to go away, but must have intended to come back in. So they were like, he just ran out it to It sounded talk like to he her, just ran out to talk to, talk to her and, and then she, she took was off. Like, she was like, get in the fucking car, like... CCTV footage showed Marta driving towards Mr. Orso's house at 5.30am that morning and he had in fact not been at the house as she stated. He also said that she was the last, sorry, he also said that she was the last person to call Kasaba that morning which meant she had asked him to come outside and meet her. He mentioned that Marta's window was the only window and the car opened and she'd been wearing very light clothing on a cold morning. He also said that Martin knew and stated not only to the hospital staff but the Gardaí that she was a good swimmer and that she knew Casaba was not. Gardaí then state, sorry, Grehan then stated that one of the key questions was to how Casaba had ended up in Marta's car and why. He said, there is such a convenient loss of memory as to that critical matter. She claimed to the Gardaí that she can't remember how he came to be in her car or even phoning him but she can remember everything up to that. Yeah. She was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Girl, you know. Grehan stated that Marta acted with deliberate intent and asked for a verdict of guilty of murder. The defence were next to make their closing statement. Mr. Olida said that he, the state's case made absolutely no sense and that the prosecution was running with a presumption of guilt. He said he, Mr. Grehan, said to you that some of you might find it fanciful or far-fetched that Marta Herda deliberately drove into the water because she had the window open and could, sw- could swim. That's why I'm happy to allow you to apply your gut here. It just doesn't make sense. He said at worst Marta drove recklessly and said a charge of manslaughter would not stand as the state had failed to charge her properly. He mentioned that there was no plan or premeditation involved that she had immediately began looking for her cassava after they got in the water. I think, like, to be honest, I get the window thing and I get that she could swim strongly. But, like, it's still fucking risky. Like, you'd, it's like... It's risky as fuck. You don't know. Cold water could've... shock. Yeah. Like... She could have died. Do you know what I mean? So, on Friday the 22nd of July, Justice McCarthy told the jurors they had three options in the case. Guilty of murder, acquittal or not guilty of murder, but guilty of manslaughter. He also stated that the jury was to ignore any media reporting surrounding this case and focus focus solely on the evidence because of course the lovely trash rags in our country were like taking this like sexy siren blah 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 on the 28th of July 2016 Marta Herda was found guilty of the murder of Kosaba sorry Kosaba Orsis by a majority of 11 to 1 Marta broke down before the sentencing began and she wept uncontrollably 
In a victim impact statement, Sultan said that he and his entire family were completely devastated and traumatised. He said he had to explain to his sons why he would cry so much and that he continually had nightmares from identifying Kasaba's body. He told the court that he had never learned how to swim and he regrets it to this day. He said, I can't swim and I regret it for all my life because while the emergency services were looking for Kasaba, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't jump in to help, help them. He said that he and his family lives had been ruined. In December of 2017, no, January of 2017, an appeal began, of course it did, for Marta. Mm. Marta's solicitor stated that there was a clear, discreet grounds for an appeal that gave rise to a strong chance of success. They also wanted to apply for bail for Marta, and Mr Justice George Birmingham listed the bail application for hearing on April 5th, 2017. During the appeal, Marta's solicitor stated the prosecution ran a case that was, quote, a deliberate, premeditated, nasty, nefarious luring of the deceased out for the purpose of, quote, execution, involving a plan to drive into the river that the window with the window down, knowing who could not swim and knowing she could. He went to state on that there was no evidence at all on Marta's state of mind at the time, apart from, quote, alleged confessions. He said that all the evidence was, in fact, circumstantial, this could not point to a murder conviction. Brendan Grehan, for the for the prosecution, for yeah, for the prosecution, argued that it was crystal clear that Marta did what she did deliberately. He said, Marta Herda deliberately drove into the sea. The car was used as an instrument of murder. Whether she achieved that with a gun or a sledgehammer does not matter. The car did not skid and Marta drove through two barriers. The only sign of the car stopping was the handbrake being pulled, which he believed Mr. Orsos did to stop what was happening. You would like naturally. You would. You'd immediately be like. No, but like naturally, from <coughs> her side of things, naturally she wouldn't. You wouldn't. You just slam on the brakes. Slam on the brakes. And she never slammed no. on the brakes. He clearly. He said that Martin knew that Katsaba had a mortal fear of water, and that she lured him into the car to drive into the harbor, twelve to die twelve minutes later. He said, "Quote anything after that was an attempt to explain away the inexplainable." On the 12th of October 2017, Mr. Justice Alan Mahon uh, rejected all grounds of appeal and it was completely removed from the courts. So he was like, you're not getting appeal. Marta began to sob and was comforted by her family as the verdict was read. Outside the court, Marta's family said they may appeal to the Supreme Court. You can't appeal to the Supreme Court unless... Well, like you can, but it'll just be thrown out. Her sister Monica said, I think this was a ridiculous decision. Marta had an unfair verdict, in my opinion, and the opinion of our family and our friends. We are sorry about Cassaba, but what happened after and now with that verdict is not fair for Marta. That's why it's not the end for now. We'll wait for the Supreme Court. So on May 31st, 2018, the Supreme Court refused to hear Marta's appeal. Yeah, like your appeal has yeah. to be on the basis that you didn't get a fair trial. Literally. Especially if you go to Supreme, and then it has to be that, like, say for example say for example that ex-boyfriend was shown to demonstrate that it was like an untruth or like and there was an ability to demonstrate that it wasn't true what he said about her and that would have led the jury to like find their verdict yeah then the but like that's not what happened so this week this is from the Irish Times in a published determination on Thursday Mr Justice Donald O'Donnell Mr Justice William McKenzie and Miss Justice Mary Finley Gagan held she had not met the necessary constitutional criteria for an appeal. She had not raised a point of law of general public importance or established an appeal was necessary in the interests of justice and they held that 
So Marta was sent to jail. In November 2022, Marta Herda requested a transfer to Poland to carry out the remainder of her life sentence. And it was granted. In early 2023, Marta Herda was moved to prison in Poland to carry out the rest of her life sentence. What's her sentence? Well, life sentence in Ireland, she got 14 years. Okay. So she did what? 2013. Well, it was 2017. She would have, that would have been three years of that. So 11. Five years left in her around. Okay. In a Polish prison. Um, but I just thought this case was interesting because I felt like I do think he was harassing her. And I think the thing about abuse that people don't understand is it's not linear. It's not like he's a bad person. I don't want to talk to him. A lot of abusers or abused women do have a tendency to communication with their abusers. It's completely normal. Yeah. Like it happens and it happens frequently. So there was that. Um, I thought the whole car window being open and I think a lot of that was circumstantial. I think it was a little bit fanciful. But I do think she wanted him in the water. Like, I don't think that wasn't an accident. Like, she drove through two barriers without slamming on the brakes. Oh, yeah, no, I, I think you know? that... I, it sounds like it was very much premeditated that I think, she was going to drive yeah, into the water. Yeah, Um, I think the window thing is she was smoking. Like, that's what I thought as well. Um, she smoked. I read this case. Like, it just um, seems odd to me that, that that's what they focused on and it wasn't like... Like, I do believe that he was bothering her because she, t- she didn't tell the girl, but she told people in her inner circle, she told her job that he was bothering her, he was harassing her. Um, this two phone thing as well raised alarm bells with me. Um, but then when I was reading on, and then when the postcard thing happened. Yeah, she didn't do herself and she any did herself favors. No favors. And she was lying. And that's the problem. If she had just been honest and said, listen, I went to get him, we were having an argument and it kind of just exploded. But she cultivated the story in her head that he came to her car screaming at her. And then got into the car and made her drive to the beach. Yeah, because like it, like you said, abuse is not linear, and abusive no, no. relationships are not linear. Mm-mm. And um, that thing of like, like she could have made the decision after leaving that guy who she was obviously seeing an intersexual relationship yeah. with, and being like, no, that's it, I'm ending this Casaba yeah. thing, and be like, I'm, go- I need to do this now. Yeah. And then he could have got in the car, and she would have been like, he you know this is it it's over yeah but it sounds very much like rather than i'm not saying like that's just me guessing of course just... or summarizing what like potentially is a situation that would lead to yeah of course um but that that in itself is murder but she went to prison for murder do you know but like that is what it is yeah. like the fact it, the whole thing is is odd because you can say listen she was being harassed and stalked and abused and maybe she and she snapped and then she snapped but at the same time the fact that that girl drove through two barriers a telephone pole like an ESB pole yeah did not put the, her foot on the brakes and he had to pull up the fucking handbrake to stop yeah, the yeah. car shows me that she was like I'm going to die and I'm taking you with me with me, me. and that's kind of because you know when she got out of the car like people were like she was in complete shock and she was distraught and she wasn't like they could tell she wasn't playing acting yeah. like she was genuinely like but the thing about the rape thing, her screaming, help, I've been raped. Some people, you know, thought that maybe she was trying to create a narrative a narrative with that and then kind of back down on that and was like, if I say that he tried to rape me and that that's why I did what I did to get him to stop. But it is fact that she drove to his house and got him at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. That is fact. Like she was lying. But, you know, people do strange things in court. The postcard thing to me was a little bit sociopathic. Yeah. I was like, what's happening here? 
But anyway, that's the car, car uh, the death of um, Kasaba Orsis and Marta Herda, who is now in prison in Poland for the remaining future. Um, I would like to just say on this podcast here and now, here and now, baby, that uh, when Graham dies mm-hmm. on his headstone, I'm gonna say he died because he loved his wife so much. Loved her too much. Like that loved That's like, extreme what is that? nonsense. Like they were like, do you think he died because you know you used your car as a weapon and because you drove into the water? He died because of his he love. Died because he loved me too much. Girl, girl. And like, and the thing about it is, people were there. One of his that guy's name, I can't say his name. One of his things about the appeal in court is that English wasn't her first language, and he was like, she might have been misconstrued. And they were like, no, we had a translator for her from the second she stood into the guard station. They had a Polish translator just to make sure. You know, if things that she was saying in English could have been misunderstood, they would have someone to be like, no, that's what she meant. So from there up into the court case, they had a Polish translator just to make sure. But like the fact that, do you know what else I find very strange? Cool. This uh, signing in at the guard station every day thing. Yeah, they do that all the time. It's so strange. I like, that's so odd. Also, like, I think guards are so bad at their job yeah. that you could sign in for me. I literally could walk in with an orange wig. Yeah. Doth my cap. Top of the morning, dear Kappa. Um, but anyway, so at the end of the day, that family lost their son and their brother, so it's shit. And she's in prison now, so. Mm. Madness. Um, it's if anybody, a really interesting story. But. If anybody, love bombing is a real thing. And it's terrifying. And if any of you are starting to date someone and they're being like, I would die for you, that's love bombing and you need to You're get away. You're watching girls, right? Yes. There's, um, you're not there yet. There's a, a scene with Adam Driver, or Adam Sackler as he's called in that, and what's uh, Le- Hannah? Yeah. And uh, he says to her, uh, would you even be sad if I died? Yeah. And she said, she says, I'd be sad if you died. I'd be really sad yeah. and I'd really struggle for a couple of days and I'd be discombobulated yeah. and I'd be miserable. But then I'd have to get on with my life and I'd, you know, figure out a way. Yeah. And he's and like I see it got it was up on TikTok a little while ago and this girl was like this is just so romantic and I never realized how romantic it was, but he says the world would be a blur for me if you left it. Yeah, he's ridiculous in this show. Yeah, um, the world would be a blur for me if you left it. The world wouldn't continue for me if you left it. No, he gives this big and like the whole time I was watching it, I was like. If Graham said that to me, like I would like, I'd like Graham to be like, I'd be fucking devastated. devastated. And like, you're the great love of my life. But I also would like Graham to be like, but we have a seven year old, an eight year old. I've got to get this kid up and for school like, in the morning. I have, we have to yeah. like move on and I have to, like, I don't want him to do that within a week. Do you no, know what I mean? No, but I have but to like, give this girl, my little girl a if life. If he and... said to me, my world would <laughs> end. <laughs> If you well, weren't here won't. anymore. But it won't I'd end. be like, we have a problem and you and like, I, we I need to talk about it because I, that's not okay. Not okay. And I do think a lot of people misinterpret love for complete codependency. Yeah. Like there is a very fine line between like, I love you and I want to see you happy and I want to be happy with you. But also I understand that if you're not around anymore, I have to continue my life because this thing of like, I'm going to die without you is desperately unhealthy. Have, yeah. Don't do that. Don't say that to somebody that's really fucked up. Because if you say that to somebody and then they're like, oh, I kind of want to break up with you. 
Like, you know what I mean? And then you're like, right, are they going to like kill themselves? Like, it's very manipulative. And like, I'm, not, I'm not saying what she did by any means is right, but like what we're describing there by the sounds of how he was sending those love letters yeah. and things like that could have been very much why she was still yeah. talking to him. Because she could have been like, I like this attention, which is but normal. But also, I don't want to be responsible yeah. for what he's going, what he's going to, to do. do. If I don't talk to him anymore, that doesn't excuse the fact no, that she cleared. Not at all. Like, and by like, she killed him. She drove into that harbor. On like she killed she him. She absolutely drove into that harbor. Um, on and she even by this thing of she kept saying, "I knew he was a bad swimmer. Yeah. I knew he couldn't swim. I knew." And, he and was, she gave that evidence up of her own accord. Of nobody, her own volition. Yeah, nobody asked her to do that. Like. Yeah. So like all of those things, but that doesn't excuse or remove that. I think there's this thing of like, what was. This narrative that's being painted that like she contacted him and she got him. She was like, looking for him, but and blah, blah, blah. she had said multiple times to multiple people. He is. He's bothering me. me. He's yeah. stalking me. I'm going places and he's there. I think he's tracking my car. Yeah. Like and then getting up at five in the morning with that guy and being like, I have to go home at five in the morning to be like, I really don't want to do that. I don't want to be in this weird limbo with yeah. this man who's obsessed with yeah. me. I really just want to get this out of the way and just say, listen, it's done. We're done. And he could have gotten in the car and been like, no, it's not fucking done. Yeah. And she could have been like, do you know what? My only way of getting out of this is if you're not here. Yeah. Literally, I think that's probably what happened. To yeah, she didn't do any of the other stuff she was supposed to do. No. And she, she didn't and I go think to the, the guard. The lying obviously didn't help. Yeah. Like, but and she create the fact that she fabricated this story that could easily be deconstructed by the guard. Yeah. Like, there is CCTV footage everywhere. Yeah. We can see what you're you doing. You killed him. But yeah, it's fucked up, man. Like, someone's dead and that woman is in jail and I'm sure she's fucking traumatised too, like, being in that water and stuff. Mm. But like, yeah, I just never would never ever want to be in a relationship that's like that. It doesn't interest me and I know people do think that if you're not, like, oh, kill myself! Like, if you're not this, like, dramatic passion in love, I'm like, I do not want that. I have no interest in this. My mental health is bad enough. I don't need some motherfucker acting like if I'm not with them, they're going to kill themselves. Mm. That's really fucked up and desperately unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And so many people stay in relationships like that and they break up and they get back together and they break up and they get back together and they just think that their love is better than everybody else's love. And it's like, no, you're just desperately codependent and really unhealthy. It's toxic. It's fucking toxic, man. Like, it's. I'd rather just be with someone and I'm like, hey, I like you. Let's go get some food and hang out. I That to me is like... I'm happy. Mm. Not like I'm going to beat the shit out of you and then have sex with you. Like, that's not cool. That's fucked up, man. Yeah. We're going to have a screaming argument. I'm going to break shit in the house and then we're going to have sex. I'm like, go to therapy. That's that stuff, Go Emma. to therapy. How many movies? How many mm-hmm. movies? That's what you see. Have you seen mm-hmm. that the man gets violent and then there's this throws a lamp and then she just rips her shirt off yeah, like, and then there's this always this moment one of the me. ones that always came to mind I remember being so confused when I was younger when I watched this movie Donny Donny what's the one with fucking Johnny Depp in it Johnny Depp Donny Dark no oh I know what you're talking about Donny Brasco Donny Brasco Donny Brasco there's a scene where he comes back because he's undercover he's Anne Hesh who's dead now right. uh, she um, her and him she's like you want to be a fatter you're not here like they get into this fight like, fuck you and he's like I'm fucking doing my best and he starts slamming shit and then they fuck yeah. on the stairs that's so many films like and that. it is so odd like I remember being like I remember as like being younger and just having whiplash and being yeah, like, what the fuck what? just happened? What's happened? What? And like, I understand like sometimes. He's still art- your dad. 
<laughs> I understand arguments can sometimes go the other way. But I think if I was in a house with someone, they started breaking shit. I'd be like, you need to leave. Mm. Because that's fucking... It's like the scene, there's a scene in Girls where someone's in the house or something happens and they like there's a guy in the house and he breaks something and Hannah's like you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna punch us the next step is punching don't punch us <laughs> and there's like stuff like that where it's like if your significant other is breaking shit in your house yeah. it's inevitable they're gonna start putting their hands on oh you oh my god that's the first step to like because it's intimidation yeah and it's like look what I did to this object yeah. I can do that to you but anyway this turned into uh, was telling everybody how to live their lives it's not what this podcast is called. Yes! Sarah and Emma tell you how to live your lives. We're going to start a second podcast and it's going to be called Sarah and Emma tell you how to live their lives. And there's only going to be one episode every four weeks. And it's just going to be us going, uh, don't... Don't do that. And don't have any joy in your life. Just have no joy. Be miserable. And if you want to be in a really intense, intimate relationship, we don't want to be your friends. Stay away from us. Because we don't want love like that. Because I don't need you texting me at 2 o'clock really in the morning you. going... I know, love you too. But, but I we're think, not like breaking shit. But I, I think I would love bomb you if I was a man. Do you think so? Yeah. I don't think I can be love bomb because it makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> like when someone's really nice to um, me, I'm like, er, men are really, like, sometimes, oh, this is terrible, but sometimes when Flavio is really nice to me, I've talked about this with my therapist, I get really uncomfortable and I kind of like, isolate myself a little bit. That's not, I know what that's from. What does she say? That- She's like, that's because you uh, have like a very, avoidant personality so if somebody does like if my friends do so nicer for me I'm like oh my god thank you so much but if like the person that I'm in a relationship with that does it I'm like thank you so much and then I'm like like, like Homer, Homer in into the, the bush I'm like oh god what does that mean mm. like it's an avoidant thing but a lot of people do that so she was like a lot of people do that I was like okay are you just saying does something nice for me I'm like uh, that's not good enough <laughs> That is 100% true. Yeah. And uh, is that all you've done? That could be, you could be slightly avoidant as well because you're refusing to take in the like moment. Yeah. That's what I do. I'm, I'm like, like, and then I change the subject. So I'd be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Because I, I can't. Subject, I'm like, I'll make him. <laughs> a dog with a bone. Make him fucking wallow in it. I'm like, sorry, uh, what did you do? And did I say I wanted that? <laughs> and when did I say I wanted that? And is that all you're going to do? Is that all I'm getting? Are you doing anything else? <laughs> This is a big deal. Why haven't you done anything else? And then Lily just go, you're so ungrateful. She said to me. Remember she said that to you before. I remember that. She's like, ma'am, you're so ungrateful. (laughs) Like, Lily, you stay out of this. And this is the type of shit you're going to need therapy for. Stop it. So just enjoy your therapy in years to Um, come. But I think that's everything. Should we go? Because it's you're tired and it's 20 to 11 at night. Jesus Christ. 2211 Colin's gonna murder us woo, 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 woo. Woo, boop, boop, everybody have a lovely week we'll see you uh, next week we'll see you next week for I more fun times I don't think I'm gonna do a story what are you gonna do I think we just talk I think we should just change the format of this podcast after two years of doing it and then we just lose all the people that follow yeah, and say hey listen like that like that fat girl who's now skinny oh yeah we just decide Nix it. We're gone. Better than these. We're better people. than all of you. See you people who are into true crime. You need to think about. The Go to hell. Go to hell. No, we won't. No, everybody have a lovely week. We'll I'm going to figure out what I'm going to talk about next week. Graham did a list of stories that we haven't done. Oh, very good. Yeah. Send me on that list. Yeah, and he's got all the dates and facts. Dates and facts. But he's like got none of the narrative. Ba 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 ba. So I said, like, could you not just do the all? Could you just write them all for us, Graham. Could you just do it all, Graham. We'll, we'll give you a little bit of like a shout out. No, we won't. Graham, let with these stories. Hey, just at the end, uh, really lowly. Yeah. I'm Grim Lady and uh, Colin will find you Bye guys Bye have a nice week uh, Colin Hi
Liberation, it's Flavio! 